welcome to our podcast, Inside Impact Investing. I'm your host, Hans Tegenman, Chief Investment Strategist at Triodos Investment Management. Today, we are going to talk about climate finance. Last Sunday, the UN Climate Change Conference COP26 started in Glasgow. Governments, NGOs and companies from practically the whole world have gathered for two weeks to discuss how to speed up climate action. Most of us realize that urgent action is required. Most of us also realize that a lot is needed to keep global heating limited to one and a half degrees, not least a massive amount of capital. Four things are on the table, in short named cars, coal, cash and trees. This refers to four ambitions. Cars with combustion engines out in 2030, outface coal in 2030, and deforestation in 2030, and get $100 billion needed to compensate emerging economies. For deforestation, there seems to be an agreement. But today, on Finance Day from the COP, we would like to talk about finance the emerging markets. Emerging markets and developing countries are facing a dual challenge. These countries are particularly vulnerable to climate change because they lack the financial power to deal with climate change. At the same time, they also need a dependable and affordable energy supply to stimulate further socio-economic development. It is a fact that close to a billion people worldwide have no access to energy at all, especially in sub-Saharan Africa. At the same time, the population of emerging economies is expected to increase by further 30%, which is around 1.8 billion people by 2050. Another fact is that emerging markets are becoming more important on the global energy markets. Today, November 3rd, is Finance Day in Glasgow. Today's discussion topic is how to mobilize public and private finance flow at scale to mitigate and adaptation. With us is fund manager Angelis Toledo, with whom we will discuss the business case for investing in renewable energy and emerging countries. So this is enough from my side. Angelis, welcome. Will you please introduce yourself shortly? Thank you, Hans, and a pleasure to be here. So I said, Angelis Toledo, I am the fund manager of the Triodos Green Fund, which is one of the largest funds at Triodos with, at the moment, more than 1.1 billion euros assets under management, dedicated primarily to the energy transition. So we're very proud that for more than 20 years, we've been pioneers facilitating the energy transition. We were the first investing in wind turbines, in solar parks, and nowadays we are also financing floating solar parks, batteries, and green hydrogen in the Netherlands and, of course, in the emerging markets. So uh, we're very pleased that we have at the moment more than 120 projects across the globe, and we'll be happy to tell more about it. In addition to that, I am the fund manager of a newly launched fund dedicated to the emerging markets as well, to the Emerging Markets Fund, that will really be focused only in these uh, developing world projects. It's very clear that we have an expert here, uh, not like me, who's just an economist talking about the big picture. But maybe to start with the big picture and the COP, which is going on now. How do you see it from a financial perspective? Is it, will it be a game changer? Will it help? What, what do you think about the COP now? Well, first of all, I think it's great that the whole world is focusing on it at the moment because a lot is needed. A lot is needed and fast. And I really hope that today we can hear more about how governments are going to commit to the least 100 billion that they've been promising on a yearly basis 
because a lot needs to happen in the emerging markets. So yes, on one hand, good that at least we're bringing this to the conversation. But my main worry here is how are we going to translate those commitments to real actions? We need an action plan. So hopefully we can hear more today about how this will be done. And what is your hope on this? Maybe also from an investment perspective, what do you think is needed from the public side to also accelerate private money? Well, first of all, it's not just the public, it's everybody. What needs to happen in the world is it's a problem, a biggest challenge where we all have a role to play. So it's governments, it's investors, it's universities, institutions, everybody has a stake in it because in the end it's about our planet and what we don't happen to do in the emerging markets, we will also feel it here in the developed world. In the end, climate change is a global problem, does not recognize boundaries. So in fact, if we don't do something there, we will also feel the consequences here in the developed world in short. So from that perspective, I think we all need to do a lot. Now, of course, it also is important on who plays what role. In this case, the governments are really key because they, with public financing, can be catalyzers of more that needs to happen. At the moment, we still have a lack of projects. There are not enough projects. If you think about it, worldwide, we're still financing or we're still sourcing more than 80% with fossil and less than 20% with renewable clean energy. So it means that it really needs a lot is needed. But, but, but you said it's still a little fossil, but at the same time, we don't see enough projects. How can that happen? Because there's so much to do. It seems difficult to believe, but indeed, probably there's money, mm -hmm. but there are not enough projects. And the reason for that, in the emerging markets, now yeah, I'm talking yeah, about emerging yeah. markets specifically, what we see there is at the very beginning, the developers that create these projects, this is really where we lack an expertise. There are just a few selected parties that can do it very well. And more is needed there to catalyze technologies, but also to educate, to bring the expertise so we can unlock more possibilities that will eventually lead to bankable propositions. Because in the end, with private money, what we do is finance only bankable projects where there are more risks. That's really where the role of the government uh, should be, where they can take more risks. And of course, venture capitalists, but that's another gameplay. <laughs> If you, because I think that that is key also related to, to this climate summit, that we need not only more public money, but especially for uh, gearing up innovation transition, but at the beginning, taking more risk and helping things to be uh, bankable in the end. Um, is, is that not one of the biggest problems at the moment then? Absolutely. It is one of the biggest problems and uh, many development financial institutions know this. They also work it in terms of uh, grants. Nowadays, blended finance is also becoming a way, an instrument to finance this. But yes, absolutely. Going back to that point, we really need the public money there at the very beginning where more risks are to be taken, but at the same time where the projects will be catalyzed and more can happen. Yeah. So one takeaway for me at this moment is, yes, they, they talk in Glasgow, but only if they get the money and spend it in a way that is additional to private money, we can create a bigger market, larger size and, and a transition. That is correct. And if you, because in your introduction, it's clear 
we as traders, but also you as a person, have a lot of experience in, in financing a transition. And part of what we have done as traders is in Europe, and we're going more and more to emerging markets. And can you tell a little bit what is different between renewable energy and emerging markets compared to what we know here in Western economies? What are the key differences and maybe also the opportunities as an investor? So we've been investing more than eight years in the emerging markets across uh, all regions, Latin America, Asia, Africa, Eastern Europe. So we know these markets well. So basically, in a nutshell, the technologies are the same, yeah, right? Yeah. That's not changing. That's just uh, the fact. And the beauty is that these technologies have been decreasing in costs tremendously in the last years, up to a point where we have reached parity particularly for solar projects. So basically what that means is that solar projects now are, they are more economically efficient and also uh, are cheaper than fossil sources. Mm -hmm. So number one, that is a big thing. Also batteries, for example, are, have decreased, continue to decrease tremendously in prices. So this is really very good news for the world because it's becoming not anymore a question about uh, the climate and being green, but it's also making a lot of economic sense. Now, in the emerging markets, you even have better conditions uh, for, for, in this case, solar projects because the sun is shining there more across around the equator, as you can imagine. Yeah. So from that perspective, very, uh, very attractive. Now, uh, I think that sometimes there is a misconception that there are many technology risks. And I want to clarify that that is not the case. So for the projects that we are financing, in this case, think about wind, solar, combined also with batteries and hydro. There are no technology risks. So in that sense, uh, quite resilient, robust uh, projects. What is different is indeed the experience of the developers. Uh, as I said in the beginning of the conversation, uh, there are still not many around. This is where we need more and where more support uh, from public money would be appreciated, more education. So we have that. And at the moment, many of these projects, uh, most of them are structured by the development financial institutions or the banks, the World Bank. So think in this case about the World Bank, the IFC, FMO in the Netherlands, DEG, Asian African Development Bank. All these parties are the ones that are uh, in charge of structuring the project. And what we do as private investors, only financing bankable projects, we do participate in the loans that they syndicate. Mm -hmm. So they are responsible for structuring and syndicating the loans and we take part of it at the same terms. But what is really important for us is that uh, when things go right, we have the same terms, but when things go wrong, when there is a downside, we have the same guarantees, the same protection, and that is very strong. So that is also one of the reasons why we believe that the risk-adjusted returns are very attractive yeah. for what we're doing. Yeah, that, that, that was, but I think you already touched upon it, risk in investing in emerging markets are different in general. And you already said that this is a way to mitigate that. But in relation to that, if, if you talk about the energy transition and emerging markets and the benefits it can create by leapfrogging part of our developments, part of what we did here with our fossil fuels, isn't not always so we talked about risk, but in terms of opportunities, leapfrogging development is one of the biggest challenges. And also, I think one of the biggest impact we can have from with private investments there. 
And that combination of positive impact and mitigating risks there, you would almost say, why is it not scaling up faster then? Well, a lot is happening, uh, but that is true and uh, fully uh, aligned with what you mentioned uh, with regard of sources that are there. It really makes a lot of sense because in the end, we believe in democratization and decentralization of energy. And you were talking about leapfrogging, and this is really very important. I'll give an example in Africa where there is no infrastructure, no roads, no uh, grid. And basically, uh, where all of a sudden uh, consumers or uh, villages, but also companies, start to uh, depend or source energy where they produce it. So in this case, think about placing solar panels on roofs or batteries with uh, wind turbines uh, in the local communities. This is really helping the decentralization. And in the end, uh, that is uh, really democratizing, as we call it, because it makes them less independent from an unreliable grid or from very expensive power prices, as you see nowadays. Yeah. So, so yes, it makes total sense. Uh, why is not happening soon enough, fast enough? Well, a combination of factors, as discussed, probably putting the money in the right places, mm -hmm. the catalyzing more projects, that's what is needed to be able to do more. Yeah, and maybe can you, because we talked about problems and challenges and, and, and the big picture, but of course the most interesting part is the, the typical projects we are investing in. Do you have some examples for, for that? Yes, absolutely. So let me share our first investment. It's Wind Park Lake Turkana in Kenya. It is the largest wind park in Africa in probably the best wind location worldwide in the north of uh, Kenya, with more than 360 wind turbines, and nowadays producing electricity equivalent to 15%, one-five of the total energy consumption of Kenya. So that really tells you how powerful, how impactful this project is. Not to mention all the infrastructure that was built around it, all the jobs that were created, so this is uh, also something that we take in our holistic view. So yes, of course, is creation of clean energy, reducing CO2, but also the surroundings, also making sure that the strictest environmental and social criteria are met according to Trello's criteria. So this is a really uh, good example of uh, our first uh, project, uh, by the way, with many development banks in it, but we are part of the syndication in the same terms. So that's one. The second one is uh, we have a beautiful hydro project in uh, Nicaragua. So this project is also one of the very first ones in the country and uh, also producing a nice amount, uh, good, uh, yeah, delivering good to the net of Nicaragua, a very poor country, very dependent on fossil. So here we're really helping that transition from fossil to renewable energy. So that's another one and that's also progressing very well. A recent investment that we uh, did, we just closed it a few weeks ago, and now can I disclose it? It's in the Eversource uh, Green Fund. Eversource is an India-based fund, fully committed to renewable energy, large projects, wind and solar in India. As you know, India is at the moment a very discussed country because of its uh, very high CO2 contributions. So this fund is going to be investing directly in renewable energy, solar, wind, but also in waste management, cleaning the Hankes River, 
really circularity is very important uh, what we're going to do there and uh, last but not least is also very committed to electrification so this fund is also going to invest in substituting the dirty polluting buses of cities like mumbai all to electric so this is also what we're facilitating and where trails green funds investors are being part of the solution I was writing along and we have wind, we have solar, we have hydrogen, we have electrification. Uh, so it's all contributed, of course, to, to the energy transitions, all the technologies needed to get there. And like you said in the beginning, technology is the same everywhere. It's about implementation, about the knowledge of the people. And of course, it's from a financial perspective, also the country risk, which, which, which matters, I think. Uh, so the different institutions in different countries would determine also part of the risk. But I was thinking, look, looking forward, what should happen to speed up the transition? Because I'm thinking about Glasgow again and people talking and talking and talking. And we, we cannot wait for, for politicians to get the energy transition as quick as possible. And in emerging markets, it's, it's, it's also about a fair and just transition to get people along. You gave already some examples. But if you look in the future, what should happen? to speed up the transition and what role can private investors in general take there? Well, first of all, uh, we discuss uh, capitalizing money in the right places. So in this case, put capital with the right risk-adjusted return. In this case, governments can take more risks. They should. They should be the catalyzers of more bankable uh, solutions. So that is one. Another one is the role that investors have. So again, as I said in the beginning, it's all of us. It's not just uh, one party. It's all of us that need to be taking our responsibility. So nowadays, it's uh, very easy to say that you're just withdrawing from fossil investments. But actually, we need to see corresponding investments in energy transition. Because still, we like it or not, we depend very much on fossil, right? I mentioned in the beginning, 80%. So everybody's talking about, yeah, let's get out of it. But yeah, if there's not a solution, where are we going to source <laughs> our uh, our daily life? Because it's everywhere. It's not just uh, oil for gas uh, or gas for transportation, but it's in cement, it's in iron. So it's everywhere. So we need solutions across the board. From that perspective, I'm going back to the emerging markets. I think we still need a lot to do. There are at the moment good opportunities. I'm pleased to see that blended finance is also becoming more known and available for the ones that know, know what blended finance means. It is really donor capital that co-invests with the projects, but that is really there to absorb the losses, to mitigate risks for commercial investors like private investors. And also when things go right, the returns are first delivered to the commercial investors and the donor money receives a lower amount because that is its role in the end, to be catalyzer. So these are examples of things that can happen. But yeah, indeed, we need uh, to do with all of us uh, more and continue uh, yeah, canalizing the right uh, location and the right money in the right yeah. places. Okay, that, 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 that's a huge agenda. And I think we're, we're getting along with that. But if, and maybe as a last question, what would be your dream, also as a person, what, in, in terms of the energy transition of what you can deliver? What would be your dream? So the, the, the most wild idea you can have, this is what, uh, what I think we can contribute to, to, to reach climate goals also in emerging markets. 
my dream would be that we uh, can conclude quickly the politics and start getting our hands uh, on the projects. There's no time to uh, wait, no time to lose. So I really would invite everybody to uh, take its part in this transition. And it starts with what you can do at home with yourself by being more uh, conscious about the sources. But when it comes to the emerging markets, I, re I think that we really should speed up and do more. And it's not just renewable energy, but it is also new things that are coming, like carbon sequestration, which, by the way, we're also very much looking into it, forestry, how are we going to make sure that we also uh, absorb carbon? So my dream would be that everybody is now conscious and is uh, taking action and that uh, we can bring more money to do this happen. Thank you, Angeles. Um, I think that's good to end with a call for all the listeners and everyone to, uh, we can do more and uh, we, we, we must be aware. Also good to hear that, that we already do a lot, that we try to invest where we can to uh, get the energy transition speed up and we need to. Thanks for the conversation. Thanks for listening, all people, and hope to hear you sometimes back. Thank you. Thank you.